Billions of years ago, a race of immortals harnessed the most powerful force in existence, the emerald energy of willpower. These immortals, the guardians of the universe, built a world from where they could watch over all of existence, the planet Oa. They divided the universe into 3,600 sectors. A ring powered by the energy of will was sent to every sector to select a recruit. In order to be chosen by the ring, it was said one must be without fear. Together, these 3,600 recruits formed the intergalactic peacekeepers known as the Green Lantern Corps. to another episode of Emerald Echo, a Green Lantern. Always, I'm your host, Adam. I guess I'd be the, given your new nickname, I guess I'd be the Kyle Rayner of this uh, this show, <laughs> uh, for this particular purposes. Uh, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the Emerald Enthusiast, or as I've now dubbed him as of last night, Radu. So, Donnie, how are you? <laughs> Hello, everybody. It is Radu, and I'm here to give you a cup of coffee. Uh-huh, a cup of coffee. Uh, just oh, no, because that, that's, that's, that's a different man. podcast. That's macho, man, not Radu. I, don't know what <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to blindside it with a macho man. I'm like, for if no you start talking reason. about cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah, the cream of the yeah. crop. <laughs> well, listen, as long as you don't do one of the Ultimate Warrior promos, because nobody understood what the hell he was saying. Well, we, we couldn't do that on a podcast because it would have to be closed captioned, so it would have to be on yeah. YouTube. So, I, and I don't even know I don't even know uh, if he knew what he was saying at the time. That's that's the more impressive part. I don't like if you asked him what the hell you're talking about. I don't think he could answer you with a straight face. Uh, I, I'm not gonna lay down and let somebody roll over me with lawnmowers or whatever yeah. it was. He was <laughs> yeah, whatever he's talking about. Or jump off uh, the top of a building or something. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, so, Donnie, it feels like we, I mean, we haven't done this one of these Green Lantern only podcasts. Uh, and by the way, this is not a vidcast, so you probably didn't see my air quotes. Um, uh, Green, <laughs> Green Lantern uh, podcast in a while. So it's nice to just uh, for, uh, for a, a quick change up to go back and, and, and do uh, Soul Focus. Yeah, it's nice to get back to basics, and it's always nice to go back to volume three and revisit the adventures of Kyle Rayner, my. Favorite DC character. Now, before we go back into the past and continue that journey with Kyle, let's briefly touch on the fact that we are a mere couple of I think, what is it, a couple of weeks away from, uh, from uh, a new Green Lantern book. Yes, April the 6th, a book that will feature John Stewart at its center, as well as Joe Mullane and Simon Baz and Kelly Quintella, the Teen Lantern. Yeah, so that's Green Lantern 1, April 6th, uh, by Jeffrey Thorne and um, 
Dexter Soy is the artist, I believe, right? He he is one of the artists that have been mentioned at this point. Okay. Yeah. Um, I original originally, as I was telling Danny off air, I'll tell the, the the listeners so they know how excited I am about this book. Originally, that was going to be a a digital only uh, purchase for me, uh, but I've been reading some inter- interviews with Jeff Thorne recently. And, and uh, seeing the preview art got, got me really excited. And so I decided to um, shift the Green Lantern book from my digital pull list to my physical pull list. Um, and so Excellent. It's, it's been drafted up to the main roster. <laughs> no, no offense to anything that's on my digital pull list because I still like those books uh, quite, uh, quite a lot. Um, and... The other bit of information that I will share uh, with uh, the listeners is that you know that I've been podcasting uh, with Donnie for quite some time when uh, um, I am, uh, I think it was you that retweeted uh, an image of the uh, of, a, of a upcoming McFarlane, uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern. Yes, activity. the McFarlane, John Stewart, the comic version. This is the second version of John Stewart in this yeah. line. Yeah. Uh, he retweeted it, and I said, "Damn, that's really nice." And then I went on Amazon, and I saw that it was available for pre-order at a price that is within my budget. And I said, "Damn it, I'm pre-ordering this." And so, here we go. Um, one of us, one of us, gobble gobble, one and, of us. And my wallet is saying, it is chanting something entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> maybe probably not PG so no yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not PG I'll tell you that much uh, it, it belongs more in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad than it okay, does yeah. <laughs> on this podcast um, but um, yeah so that's that's news from the, the, the Green Lantern world there's, there's not much look folks I know some of you are, are anxious casting will be coming for the Green Lantern HBO Max show there's dubious reports on Twitter, don't believe those. Only believe it when you see it from a legit being tweeted from a legitimate trade at this point. Right. Uh, and, and usually DC, their official Twitter page, they will retweet articles and things yeah, like that. They yeah. will confirm but when somebody's playing one of their characters. Yeah. But specifically look for Variety, Hollywood Reporter, or Deadline. Don't be duped by you know, bogus versions of those accounts that say uh, Hayden Christensen is cast as, 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 uh, as Alan uh, Scott. Alan Scott, which is when I saw. It's not sure. Would I mind that? Not necessarily. I think I think it could work depending on the material. Yeah, but, likewise, but there's no confirmation at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, the, yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm just, I know we're all excited, we're all anxious, but just uh, you know, exercise uh, caution and be able to discern what's legitimate and what's a, a pile of BS. Um, so that's that's the warning I wanted to give our listeners. But uh, yeah, anything uh, you want to add, uh, Donnie, before we get uh, we get going? No, I'm just I'm excited to see the Jeffrey Thorne era start with Green Lantern. I think there's a lot of things that you know I'm interested in. I've seen a couple of the images so far. I've listened to quite a few interviews with Jeff Thorne and he yeah. definitely has he has a plan in mind. Now that doesn't mean that I'm going to say everything is, you know, uh wine and roses, although I don't drink so I guess it would be you who and you who and roses 
But I won't say that everything is going to be great. But, you know, things look like he he knows what he's doing. He knows where he wants to go. And he's definitely a comic book fan. He recently said that he has between 30,000 and 50,000 comics and that he writes for comic book fans, that he's not using this to try to get his own TV show because he's actually already done a lot of that. You know, on the entertainment side, so oh, yeah, he's been in, he's been on both sides of the camera. If I if I have my facts, yes, to, yes, right? he has. You know, I I first knew him. I was actually a little surprised because I thought, you know, there was a Jeffrey Thorne on in the heat of the night, and I thought, well, I wonder if this is his son, and it's actually Jeffrey Thorne. It's the same guy. He just looks different, obviously. What are you saying? He's like he's like Vandal Savage. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm excited to see where he goes with this because it it seems like he's very much one of us and he's writing for us. So, yeah. and it's funny that you mentioned that you know he, he as a young man you saw him on, on on television. Maybe back in the day he might have made a good John Stewart. Who knows? Hey, you know, well, like I said, he did p- uh, play a policeman back then. So, right. So it's yeah. not you know. Um, so yeah, I mean. That's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm excited. I look forward to it, uh, to, to having John uh, in the in the Emerald Spotlight, so to speak. You like how I did that there? Ah. Uh, but uh, it's, I mean, the cheese is flowing today, uh, folks. They, <laughs> they, they, ran out, they ran out of uh, cheese at Pizza Hut with that one. Um, but I, uh, I gave you a little bit of my dad humor. I've infected you with the dad joke energy. Well, I think I think uncle humor can also be be dad humor can transfer to uncle humor. I think I think that's that fair. Works so, for me. Well, yeah, um, but um, but um, while we wait for the next couple of weeks uh, to uh, to get into that era of Green Lantern, which we will cover, by the way, on the DC Comics Chronicles, on where, Donnie, where can you find that? You can find the DC Comics Chronicles on YouTube. And? Later on, you can find them on iTunes and Podbean. There we go. See that? We're like the Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner of podcasts. It would just... Setting each other up for you know all kinds of so, yeah. See, I'm cool with that, but I'm I'm and I'm cool with being Radu, but not if you get to be Kyle, especially after some of the uh, the when we get to the last issue here that we're talking about today, he uh, he well, has yeah, a, a for, yeah. sort of a romantic twist. And there's a reason why yeah. I picked that new nickname for myself. And besides, uh-huh. I'm the Vince McMahon of this show, so I can pick whoever <laughs> I want. And you and Steven better get in line and know what's best for business. Otherwise, best for business. You're right. Otherwise, <laughs> we're gonna have a firing. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, so we're going to dive right back into uh, Kyle's story in the meantime. And just before we, we catch up with where we are in the story, I want to alert everybody to the fact that just posted, fresh out of the oven, well, not in the oven because I didn't bake anything. That's Stephen's job, damn it, which he's doing a poor job of, by the way. Hasn't baked a, a muffin, hasn't made a, made a pancake, nothing. Hey, you come to Radu's and I give you a good sandwich. And Donnie, he was off for a week, and we still haven't had a muffin or a pancake. I mean, <laughs> what's going on here? Anyway, I digress. But but fresh, fresh, uh, hot off the presses, as they say in journalism, uh, or they used to. I don't know what they say now, um, but because it's all digital. Uh, hot off the computer keys? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, um, is I just published. Uh, the 200th episode, Donnie, of the uh, Multiverse Musings Podcast Network. 
uh, uh, I published an Emerald Echo uh, podcast. Uh, we did an interview with Green Lantern Royalty, as you refer to him. Yes. Uh, Daryl Banks, the co-creator of Kyle Rayner. Uh, and we discussed issues 51 to 53 and some behind-the-scenes uh, details in regards to Kyle's creation. So, uh, if you haven't listened, if you, for some reason, in your podcast feed, you've jumped ahead and skipped over that, I don't know why you would, but if you did, you know, double back and give that a listen. Otherwise, you're going to be confused because we're talking about issues that are past that now. So yes, definitely. And and in an addition to in addition to being a a phenomenal artist, Daryl is just a wonderful human being. He's a lot of fun to listen to. And in addition to listening to our podcast, if you want to go out there and see some of the other interviews that he's done, very much worthwhile. He's a lot of fun to listen to. So definitely check those out. But check out our episode where we talked to Daryl Banks, and it was a wonderful experience for me. Yeah, oh, it was it was for me too. It, it was it was kind of hard to kind of host and then have to ask a question occasionally because I just wanted to listen to him talk. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and hey, listen, uh, if you want to, you know, uh, after the episode, uh, hit him up on social media and maybe inquire about an original piece. I don't know if he's what, what, what the scenario is there. But but inquire if you want one of a piece of his artwork. Yes, he is at Real Bankster on Twitter. Yeah, so definitely check that out. And with 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 those public service announcements, you know, uh, taken care of, Donnie, let's get right into where we left off with uh, the Kyle Rayner's story as the Green Lantern. So we are giving you the ultimate continuity here, at least to the best of our ability, and yeah. Kyle. We left you with Green Lantern Volume 3, number 57. And now the next three issues that we are going to talk about are the new Titans issues because Kyle went into three issues with the new Titans. And actually, the cover to Green Lantern number 57 and new Titans number 116, those actually connect. If you put mm. those side by side, you will see them connect. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I also want to say, recently I saw that a site called Heritage Auctions, they sold the color guide to that back in January. You know, the, the color guide when when you have a comic book company producing a, you know, a piece of art and, and they want specific colors in specific places? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, they auctioned off the color guide. Now, I don't know exactly how much it went for because you had to sign up for the site and I didn't want to do that, but it was very interesting to see all these specific things that went into producing the image that resulted into that resulted in the covers of Green Lantern 57 and New Titans number 116. Mm. Cool. So, and before we start, let me mention one other thing. New Titans, there have been quite a few itinerations of the Titans over the years. The the characters that we are going to talk about today, Impulse as in Bart Allen, Mirage, mm. Arsenal, Terra, Kyle of course, Dark Star, as in Donna Troy, and Damage, that and the older version of Damage, not the new character that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I was curious about that uh, because not the same character, completely different. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I was like, wait a minute, I know this guy, and then it's like, no. I, now that you're saying, I actually don't. So just and and it's funny, uh, Donnie, because you, you said Arsenal, right? Uh, Roy Harper. Yes. He's definitely in 
a 90s outfit because I'm like, they said Arsenal. I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me that's Roy? Because he's wearing some some 90s uh, superhero gear here. And he doesn't look he doesn't look familiar to me, but yeah. Well, and, and so so does Bart here. I mean, he definitely has a 90s look to him. Right, yeah, Tara, but I knew Tara has Bart. a 90s look to you, her. You can't, yeah. you can't mistake Bart, right? Bart is... Yeah. And I will say this, too. We we don't go far down this road because it actually doesn't have a lot to do with Kyle. If you see Raven in issue, what was it, number 118, uh, wow. She, uh, I will say, she has on a very 90s costume, which I think is kind of ridiculous, but that's okay because, I mean, she doesn't really have to do with Kyle's part of the story very much. But yeah. if you see that character, you're like, is that Raven? And, yes, it does turn out to be Raven. So, so that's – so basically you're saying that's so Raven. Aha! Good one. <laughs> Boy, you're just the, the cheese is flowing today. It's <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's pizza making day here. Uh, so uh, we start with a story that says Simon says die. And if you remember from the last episode, we're talking about a character named Simon, not as in Simon Baz, but Simon as in P-S-I-M-O-N. A very um, powerful character from the Fearsome Five. Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah, he's... So, what did you think of the covers, just real quickly, before we start here, Adam? Oh, I think the covers were fantastic. I, I just... That's one thing about 90s comic art. I think the covers are just amazing. Uh, you know, it seems like you, you could never go wrong with a cover in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them had their gimmicks, you know, with the, with the silver stuff, you know, the all that jazz. But in terms of just pure art, I, I'm I'm in love with covers from the '90s. Uh, likewise, I you know a lot of the character designs. Again, there are a few that I don't like, but a lot of the character designs back then I thought were beautiful. Some of them were over the top, and yeah, yeah you know, you can talk about crazy hair and pouches and things like that. But yeah. there were a lot of designs in this book that that I thought were very interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So we open up with Mirage in space. She is falling in a craft, and we see that they refer to her here as Dark Star. This is Donna Troy, a character that you may know, uh, sees her falling to Earth. And then we quickly cut back to New Jersey, where the Titans are battling against a character called Changeling, which you will know as Beast Boy. Right. Yeah. Now, th- did uh, that take you aback a little bit? Were you confused by that at all, Adam? It, it did because I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't. My Titans experience, aside from eventually going back and reading, you know, the Deathstroke uh, storyline uh, with, uh, with Terra, right? Um, yes. The, Ju- the Judas contract, right? Right. Uh, aside from going back and reading that, my Titans um, exposure uh, begins with Jeff Johns's run, really. Okay. Uh, so the idea that who eventually became Beast Boy started out as an adversary uh, was was quite odd to me. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, here, Beast Boy is, he's under the control of Trigon, yeah. and 
Yeah, so he is he's in opposition at this point, but he is being controlled by Trigon. Yeah. And that's why you see him. He has the other Titans encased and yeah, they're being threatened. And yeah, it's a very interesting visual, especially the thing that he's turned into. He's this kind of gigantic, horrific monster. So you you know, I'm kind of used to Beast Boy turning into, you know, apes and elephants and things like that, but not here. So Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 monster time. <laughs> yeah. And you actually do see him turn back into himself, back into changeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, know yeah. He, you know what he kind of looked like in, in this? What? He kind of looked like a, like a, one of those monsters that, that you know, would show up at the end of a Power Rangers episode. That's you know, a Power good point, Rangers yeah. To, and I'm like, oh, right, where are the Power Rangers? And I'm like, where's my, where's my Power Rangers Teen Titans crossover? <laughs> That, that's mean, a good yeah. People would buy I that. I want to yeah. see the Green Lantern and the Green Ranger like team up and 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 do things. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. And one of the things you see here is you see Bart try to phase his way out of this these kind of like gelatin sealed capsules that they are trapped in, and he says that he can't do it. He says, "Yuck, green cheese filled with the same kind of oozy stuff, and it's slowing me down." So there are dashes of humor here too. Oh, definitely, for sure. I, and uh, that's one thing I think I, that really, when I do read Teen Titans, that often sells me on on the book sometimes when, you know, especially in, in like later iterations, when they when they had uh, characters like Butterball in there in most recently. In there. <laughs> but but what, what sells me on, on this, this team is the character inter interactions and the banter between them. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, he, he eventually is able, that is, um, Impulse, he's able to break out. And we see another image here that I actually really like. You see Tara, when she gets out, she uses the ground around her to form a kind of um, rock and mud suit of armor, which is really cool. Yeah, it was. It looked really good. It looked really, really cool, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, you ready for a little hand-to-hand -hand now? Yeah, she looked, uh, it kind of reminded me of the old, uh, the Herculoids, the oh, old cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's before your time or not, but. Uh, well, I've heard of them. I, don't, I can't say that I've watched, you know, an excess amount of it, but I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, and so uh, she takes on Changeling, who has reverted back to some kind of like, it's like a dinosaur lizard type of creature. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's able to get the upper hand, and Impulse joins her. And they're able to get the upper hand on Changeling at this point. Yes. However, things get very bad very quickly because Changeling breaks out of the trap that they have him in, but then he is suddenly mowed down by a big green truck. Gee, I wonder who did that, man. <laughs> And if you remember from the last issue, we talked about Kyle menacing the Titans with his ring. That is what's happening here. He is under the control of Simon. And he immediately makes what looks like a big kind of zombie transformer and begins to attack the Titans. So yeah. they are now under attack from two fronts. Yes. Um, the big truck, you know, I, I'm going to echo Bart's sentiment of that being awesome because it was it was an awesome moment yeah um, and I also liked the uh, 
the reaction of some of the other uh, Titans because they're like, wait a minute, you know, is this some kind of like right, you know, right of passage with Green Lanterns? Like, are they all nuts? You know, <laughs> referencing, referencing, you know, when Hal Jordan uh, was under the control of Parallax, and and one of them says, "Does that come with the ring? Like, like going, does going nuts come with yeah. the ring?" You know. Uh, and so I thought that was entertaining. It was a good callback to Green Lantern uh, continuity, uh, and you know, it was it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed that that banter. Yeah, this is the first time I think that we see Kyle on the bad side, you know, kind of whammied by one of the bad guys and controlled. So uh, the art in this, I will say uh, later on, uh, the expressions of Kyle really match the kind of, you know, evil Simon inhabiting him and using his body in the Green Lantern ring for evil. It was very interesting visuals. No, definitely. Uh, I've said before, in previous episodes, and you've you've said it as well. It's amazing um, the constructs that that you know Kyle and by uh, by association the artist that's drawing him is able to come up with. Yeah, Daryl was the first person to really unlock that, and no disrespect to the artist who came before him, sure, but. Yeah. The other artists kind of saw what Daryl was doing, and, and they hopped on the bandwagon, and they kind of kept that going, where whenever you see Kyle making constructs, they're always intricate and unusual. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. So after we see a flashback where Simon kills a couple of the other members of the Fearsome Five, you then we cut back to the scene where... You know the the Titans are like Cripes Lantern. What are you tr- What are you doing? Are you trying to kill us? And he says yes. And so, <laughs> at this point, if they weren't a little uh, tipped off to the fact that this is not Kyle, they should be at this point. Yes, I mean it's pretty clear. But I like that because it was so matter of fact. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Are you trying to kill us? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. And not long after that, we see one of the visuals that I was talking about. You know, Kyle. It's just a close up of his face and his hand and he has sort of the villainous claw and he's yeah. menacing them with the energy from the ring. So I really yes. like that. Oh yeah. And it gives you, it gives you a, a little bit of a snapshot into just how powerful Kyle is because he's up against uh, all of these Titans, including, you know, impulse and Arsenal and Terra. And these are all very powerful characters unto themselves, but he keeps them all occupied with the various constructs that he's that he's making. Oh, definitely. He's. I mean, a Green Lantern gone, gone bad. He's truly one of the most dangerous threats in the DC universe. I think. Uh, most definitely. So, so the next the next thing he makes is a kind of a spacecraft type of he, ship. Yeah. That begins shooting at the Titans, and again, they're very much off balance at this point. The 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 shots even manage to penetrate the the armor that Terra has put on herself. Yeah, with the, the Dark Star armor, right? Oh. That was a little. That was a little bit. See, if you're not a regular reader of, of Teen Titans, that's where it could get a little bit confusing because I had like. I don't know, like I know she was a dark star, but I don't know what, like, I've heard that said before, but I've really never done a dive into it, 
into her time in that in that role. So that was a little confusing, I, I will say. Right. Yeah, we, we, we see Donna come in later on with Mirage. But back to the scene, um, actually Kyle's construct completely destroys the armor of Terra, and he really gets the upper hand here. And although I will say I do like this story point where uh, Impulse is trying to help Terra out, and he gets injured by the construct. And we see that he loses it a little bit. He looks up at Kyle and he's like, you hurt me. And then in this great three-panel uh, montage here, he says, you hurt me. And he's very angry at this point. And Kyle is just kind of hovering above the ground. And that's a good thing for Impulse because he's able to leap up to Kyle and use yeah. his super speed and temporarily knock Kyle out. Yeah, and I think it's a good reminder uh, of how how potent the speedsters are and how there's more to it than just they can run fast. They can use their speed to aid them, you know, in a fight and it's more than just about running, you know what I mean? So I thought that was very cool to show that. Um, um and it's funny because Bart kind of reminds me of, like, not when he's angry, but you know, normal in, in normal instances, reminds me a lot of Ezra Miller and the way Ezra Miller portrays Barry. Oh, that's that's a good point. Like he's very quirky. He's very you know, and so it's I mean it's it's just something that I noticed as I was reading. Um, it was like, interesting. Given that Bart is, in fact, Barry Allen's grandson, so I guess that that comparison works itself out. <laughs> yeah. So after we see another scene where, uh, actually, in Star Labs in San Francisco, we see that Simon goes to Gizmo and shrinks him down to the subatomic level. Yeah. Again, obviously, he's taking his anger out here on some of his old. Um, uh, some of his old comrades were back to the scene in New Jersey with the fight. And Kyle is only out temporarily. And when he sits up, he's got another one of these like really fiendish looks on his face. And again, I really appreciate the expressions that are drawn here. Yeah. I just, I don't, I, I wouldn't want this as a regular occurrence, obviously, but evil Kyle is pretty, pretty, fun to watch and fun to read well green lanterns are historically very hard to take over yeah in you know in in the the psychic sense because again willpower drives their power so it's difficult to mind control them for any particular period of time right so when kyle sets up he makes this construct and man this thing is just amazing to look at it's this giant mecha construct that has all of these like hoses coming out from it and it actually pulls the Titans into it, and you see that inside of it, there's actually water, and he binds them, and he's going to drown them. Now, at this point, we see Darkstar, a.k.a. Donna Troy, and Mirage finally show up, and they jump in, and they're able to get the upper hand on Kyle, too. And Donna's really confused as to what is going on. So Mirage, she jumps onto the Construct, and she tries to pull the other Titans out. 
but time is running out. And Kyle makes another construct at this point that kind of reminds me of one of the uh, RoboCop uh, weapons. What was the thing that RoboCop fought in the original movie? I can't oh, remember what it was. Yeah, what was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's a good yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that, and it kind of reminds me of the, uh, the the two-legged walkers from Star Wars. It's, again, really unique looking. And uh, so Donna continues to fight with Kyle, and she's, she's able to keep his attention, and she basically throws herself through the windshield of this thing, and she's able to buy Mirage enough time to where she can get the other Titans out. But Donna is then covered with some sort of like gummy resin. And that's what I like about the Green Lantern ring is that it can create so many different things and it can mimic so many different types of materials that that's what makes it so versatile. So Kyle, again, being controlled by Simon, flies down to where Donna is and she's immobilized in this resin and he realizes who she is. Now, we see later on that a lot of the Titans, again, this is a new team of Titans. He doesn't know who they are, but he recognizes Donna. And he goes for the kill. He forms a thing that kind of looks like a mini version, uh, like a green mini version of Darth Maul's lightsaber. And he goes to stab her. And that is the point where Kyle begins to fight back mentally. And yeah. He's able to break the control, and I really love the visual. It says "crack a boom" because Kyle is able to. <laughs> you like that, huh? Kyle is able to break the control, and I really like that. Uh, this issue kind of ends on that moment. Yes. And you see Kyle and Simon separated. Finally, yeah. It's it, but it just what I like that this this sort of does is it, it frees up. You know Kyle to be part of the uh, part of the action in assisting the the Teen Titans, but also it doesn't like the separation of Kyle and Simon doesn't detract at all from from Simon's like power and ability or or threateningness because you can remember he was able to. Uh, take over the mind of a Green Lantern, which is, as you said, quite the task. So they, they free Kyle, but but while I think while keeping Simon a credible threat. Yeah. So should we rate this issue? Let's do it. We, 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 what, uh, I would say this, the story is a four. The reason why I'm knocking off a point is, again, coming in, not having read this era of Teen Titans, you know, certain characters I'm not familiar with, certain storylines, certain how things got to where they are, uh, wasn't familiar with. So in that sense, it was a little confusing. It could be at times. But still, the story in itself and the battle was, was solid. The art uh, was great. We Just for the sheer amount of... of Cool constructs that we see Kyle make. I am going to give this a five in terms of art. Okay, I'm going to give the story a five. This is actually the legendary Marv Wolfman, and yes. uh, I do like I do like the story. I also really do like the art, and I just told you all the things that I appreciated about it. I will have a little nitpick here, and and make you know people are going to roll their eyes. 
I'm really particular in the way that Kyle is drawn, and he's a little bit too jacked in some of those panels. Yeah, he does so, look like a WWE superstar. That's right, good. so I had to take off a little bit for that, but overall the art was very good, very enjoyable, yeah. and like you said, the constructs were awesome. So, Cool. So what was the, what was your grade on the art? Art four point five. Okay, cool. Yeah. So now we are on to the new Titans number one seventeen, and uh, this is a story that says Simon didn't say you'd win, and menacingly on the cover, Simon says Simon says you lose. Yeah. 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 So yeah, great cover art there too. They they really did make use of the whole Simon says thing in this thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they definitely like that motif. Well so you see that Kyle is down. The scene opens up again. The same battle. Kyle is down. The other Titans are knocked out. Mirage is running from Simon. Mm. And you see some very interesting visuals here. He kind of scans her because he realizes that she's different. And you actually see her circulatory system. And I thought that was a amazing art there. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I agree. It was one of my favorite uh, favorite pages here. Yeah. That had to be really difficult to draw. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. As someone who can't even draw a stick figure, um, <laughs> I, can, I can only ima imagine. Well, and I will say, too, in the, the issue before this, when she was in space, you see Mirage having a conversation with her eventual baby, and in this too, you also see that Simon is able to see the baby inside her, and it tells her that you know the baby is normal. So, and he he calls that boring, as, as if it's <laughs> as if he's not a jerk enough. He's like, yeah, your child's boring. It's a normal child. Yeah, no, it's. I I, I found that to be like, well, that's. Uh, <laughs> You know, very. I mean, I know he's the villain, but yeah, he's so he's a jerk. Kind of poo poo <laughs> on a mother about to have a baby. That's kind of cruel. Yeah, that, that's very well. Well, Simon is very cruel. Yeah, I mean, the, the artist here is uh, Keith Champagne. Ah. I believe. No, excuse me, William Rosardo. And okay. so, yeah, I want to call that out and say, yeah, that's some great art there. Keith yeah, Champagne's well, uh, the inker. So. Like I said, I'm not familiar with uh, with this artist uh, aside from this, but but I was impressed for sure. Yeah. So now at this point, Simon turns his attention back to the Titans, and he basically lifts them all up and pins them against the wall of this building. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of Darth Vader level uh, stuff happening there. Yeah. And he starts to kind of he begins to like you know torture them uh psychologically yeah with different things now as this is going on we see that there's a spacecraft this cuts away from the scene that we are on with the battle and there's a character named uh Jarus who is in the spacecraft and he's rocketing towards earth and we learn that he has a uh uh, vendetta against Simon. Yes. That can, again, I mean, I don't know if this was the first time this character was introduced or what the situation is, but interesting. Definitely an interesting kind of 
story in terms of his relationship with with Simon for sure. Yeah, and we get a little backstory here. We see that yeah. Simon destroyed his planet and basically his entire race. Mm. And so he's kind of this this kind of elf type of character. He's kind of a blue little elf, but he is within this shifting uh, this shifting kind of technology that kind of reminds you of the, the T-1000 from Terminator 2. And it makes him into kind of this hulking metal creature. And it allows him to fly. And again, he is coming towards Earth to... Um, you go ahead, sir. He also kind of reminded me of... Uh, of... Um, what's his name? Uh, the robot on, on Stargirl. What's the name of the robot? Um, Stripes? Yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah. Give me kind of those vibes too, a little bit. So, back on Earth, again, <laughs> Jaras is coming towards Earth. He is he is trailing Simon, but we see that Simon is, is torturing the Titan psychologically. Uh, we see him give Donna Troy visions of her uh of her son robert and this very much upsets her but again she's overpowered by him at this point they all are she's pinned against the wall he he also interjects that he hated robin <laughs> everybody hates robin <laughs> i mean which 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 robin are we talking about at this point I'm assuming that he's talking about Dick Grayson. Uh, I'd have to go back yeah. and read, you know, other why issues. Would you, yeah. Why would you? I mean, yeah, it would be. I guess with the Titans, it would be. It would be Dick, right? Yeah. 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 And he calls. Uh, he calls Arsenal a wimp, uh, which Arsenal <laughs> he takes issue with. And he also uh, Ima imagine if imagine when he meets uh, when he met Damien. That would have been. I mean, oh my goodness! If you can't stand Dick. <laughs> Damien would throw one royal temper tantrum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in another another unusual visual, we see him come up to Impulse, and he artificially ages him. That was freaky. To where <laughs> Impulse looks like he looks like he's a couple of hundred years old, and he has long hair and long yeah. fingernails. And, yeah. What would you think, Adam? The art on that was incredible, too. Exactly, um, yes. Um, the, you know, it's... It, to do that, to, to draw a character at different ages in that quick of a, a time span and have it have them kind of morph on the page, I believe that that's impressive. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to, I give props to anybody that can do that. Um, and it's it's interesting because as I'm watching that play out, I'm like, you know, this is aging up or upwards is a plot line I swear I've seen on Smallville <laughs> and Birds of Prey and all those, you know, all those. It's a it's a well contrived uh, plot device. Yeah, but yeah, the art was great for sure. Yeah. Well, and as he continues to torture all the Titans, eventually he gets around to Kyle. And all of a sudden, Kyle finds himself in space and down floats this kind of uh, very uh, unsettling version of Alexandra DeWitt. 
And yeah. she says, why did you let him kill me? I thought you loved me. It's because of you that I'm dead. Mm. And, you know, and Kyle continues to, you know, insist it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Uh, I wasn't there. And uh, she blasts him again. This, you know, Kyle's being tortured psychologically here. And she blasts him with what looks like, like heat vision. And, uh, Simon, he soon gives up, and he's like, you're no fun, Rainer. You know, he Kyle is able to resist here. You know, I gotta say, that was the most um, powerful aspect of, of, uh, of that portion of the story, because, and I'll say, because, you know, having the, spent the time and watching um, you know, the story play out with Alex, mm -hmm. and knowing how that affects Kyle, that was a really powerful, poignant uh, part of the story, I think. Yeah. Like, to show that initially that phased him, but then he overpowered it, and it was like, no, you're not real. And so I, I thought that was... It, it shows two things. How much he, he being Kyle, loved uh, Alex, but it also shows character growth, because... You know, in earlier issues, he would have just retreated and sort of gone into a, a emo phase uh, at that moment. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. So I yeah. think it shows uh, real character growth. Yeah, it definitely shows growth here. Yeah. And uh, another thing that we see, interestingly enough, is that Tara eventually starts to taunt Simon. Yeah. And you see that she's kind of running a distraction here because behind Simon is Simon. And, <laughs> and if you're confused a little bit there, what, what it actually is is that Mirage has drawn some of that energy into herself and now she has become a double of Simon. That, that was an interesting... I mean, for a second it got confusing, but then as they explained it, that was a, a clever plot device, I will say. And uh, it was definitely unexpected. Yeah, um, and I, I just want to take you know um, a second to say how how kind of cool Simon looks as a character. Just really creepy, and especially if you see him fighting himself. <laughs> yeah, like he's almost up there in creep factor. He's not on the level. Um, let's say with um, uh, with uh, Hector Hammond because Hector Hammond is like the all to me the ultimate creep slash sleaze looking character is Hector Hammond, <laughs> right? But Simon looks looks creepy all the same. Yeah, I I, I definitely like the way he looks. He definitely yeah. has a unique look to him. Yeah. So we see that not only does does Mirage look like Simon, she has also been able to replicate his powers. Yeah. And yeah, he's very angry about this. He's like, he's like, how are you doing this, girl? And she says, ask your own subconscious. She's like, you gave me the power, you know, yeah. when you were attacking me. So they continue to fight, and that uh, is... And at this point, uh, again, we see the character that we talked about earlier, the being Jarus, and he comes down as Simon is 
preoccupied with mm. Mirage S. Simon, and yeah. you see him scream, murderer. He was like, you know, you murdered my world of Talon, and you will be annihilated by my hand. So, and he says, fall before Minion. This is Jarus Minion. He kind of reminds me of, like, in his, in his, like, normal physical form. Mm-hmm. You know, the blue skin, the, the ears. Kind of reminds me of something out of Avatar. No, oh, that's a good point, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, Minion, I mean, he is all fist and fury, and he, because Simon, again, he was already fighting with Mirage, he gets the upper hand on Simon. So Mirage goes back to the other Titans and they are eventually freed from the wall and then all of them attack together, Simon. And you see Kyle make this construct and man, is this thing beauty. Uh, this thing is a beauty. He says he creates a protomatter matrix transponder. That's what he calls it. <laughs> and it's basically all these tubes and the, this like metal construct that fastens itself onto Simon's head, and it makes it hard for him to concentrate. And he even screams, I can't think, I can't think. Yeah, that, again, that was impressive. Like, to have, again, I, and I may be biased here, but I think the two, for me, the, the top two Green Lantern construct creators are Kyle and John Barnard. Yeah, John creates a lot of complicated constructs. And that's too, also yeah. because of his architectural background. Yeah, as an architect, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to me, nobody creates a construct like those two. So, so, so yeah. finally, all of these characters, with their various powers, they're able to combine and put Simon down. And it's, it's a very interesting final battle. They're all attacking at the same time. You see, you know, Kyle exerting his will into his construct. You see impulse attack with, with uh, speed punches. And eventually they, they are able to put him down. And Kyle actually makes a prison for him. And he says, I've got just the thing. He goes, I got paid to design, uh, to design it for action figures, but it should work here too. <laughs> and that's I, you know, I really love that that whimsical yeah, side of action, Kyle. As action figure fans, uh, that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> was like, I designed it for this, but it should work. Yeah. Yeah. So you you see Jarus come out of his the, you know the the armor the the tech kind of metal that he's in, and he very much wants to end Simon's life, and he's talked out of it by Donna in, in a yeah. very touching moment because he just, you know, I, I don't exactly know how old he is here, but he looks like he's very young and he eventually crawls back into his ship. And, uh, you know, he says, I am minion and he flies away and, uh, the issue ends. So what did you think, Adam? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, it was nice. Like, you know, it's cool when for, for a degree of time, it's always, you know, fascinating to see superheroes fight each other. Yeah. But at the same time, if that goes on for, you know, too long of a length of time for me, it gets, like, it's overdone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At some point, it's just cool to see all the heroes teaming up together in a unifying way. And watching all the Teen Titans and Kyle sort of gang up on Simon, 
so that Mirage can do her thing. I mean, that was an impressive sequence in the, in the issue. Yeah. Really. I mean, this was like the action set piece issue. But, but, but again, they still had the emotional, emotional, you know, uh, elements of the story between, um, you know, Mirage's dialogue, but also uh, Minion, you know, their, uh, their, yeah. he, he and his, like you said, the backstory between, you know, he lost his whole family at, at, at the hands of Simon. So there was, like, it, it, it was like an action spectacle, but they still retained the, uh, the, the weight of the, of, the, of the emotions. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, and you know, I, I really liked the '90s comics for a time, and not everybody does, but it was a time when a lot of crossovers were happening—not just big events, but you see Kyle here again go into Titans for three issues, and you see that with Kyle a lot back then. Not only is he in his own title, and he does he team up with the Justice League, but you know, you see him in Guy Gardner's title, and uh, you know, you see him. Uh, you know, team up with uh, the Dark Stars. And so there's a lot of give and take here um, as far as the other titles. And I really like that, you know, he's, he's all of these different places and there's all these different adventures. It really gives you a feel of how important this character is to the D DC mythos. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like I said, anywhere I could see more of, uh, of Kyle, uh, the better, but also, it's important that when he pops in, he's not just a, you know a, glor a glorified cameo. He's having a meaningful impact on each of the stories, which I think is really the, the selling point. Yeah, he he definitely was here, and we also see that this is something that plants the seeds for his first romance post Alexandra DeWitt. Yes. But before we talk about that. we yeah, before we talk about that, yes. uh, well first let, let's rate the story in the art. Mm, okay. Story. I'll give this one a five. And, and the art I'll give a four point five. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five and five on this one. I really did like how you know, kind of the complex stories all coming together for this nice crescendo, and as well as the art here, I thought it was uh, really great with the constructs and all the various characters using their powers. Uh, there was a lot of panels that looked like they were very intricate, very difficult to draw. So, very much like this issue. And again, that was team. That was the new Titans. Excuse me, number one seventeen. Right. Um, and so next up is uh, 118, which uh, this portion of the show will be Donnie giving me story time because uh, it wasn't in the uh, collection that I have. Uh, the, the collection that I have stops at, at once because uh, I have the, the volume one of the Kyle Rayner run, uh, mm -hmm. the graphic novel. I believe you have, the, you, I, I've seen you grab the physical copy a couple of times. That stops at 117. Uh, so when I went to look for 118 on Comixology, that one hasn't been digitized yet, apparently. So I really couldn't couldn't read it. Um, 
Well, the so, good news in the good news is Kyle actually isn't in this for very long. Oh, good. So I didn't, yeah. Yeah. What you see is that is that the team takes Simon up to the Dark Stars in space, and the Dark Stars put him in this prison that um, it's able to you know neutralize his powers. He's unconscious, and uh, in a funny scene, Kyle actually takes a camcorder in. Some of our younger people may not exactly know what a camcorder is. What is that, Donnie, for the people that, that don't know what the hell that is? Uh, it used to be that, you know, you couldn't record everything on your phone. You had to have kind of a, a, a clunky uh, camera that was, you know, kind of the, the size of a small computer. Right. And he actually has this on the ship so he can record the inside of the ship for impulse. And so he eventually you see him going back and interacting with the 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 Teen Titans and he gives the camera back to Impulse who is just overjoyed and not long after that you see a conversation with the Titans and Kyle but he decides that he has to go and again that is only a few pages into this and then he's no longer in the story yeah, you see well, him so, yeah. so it makes it makes sense why they didn't include it in the in the collection yeah he's not here very long again the the narrative picks up with the various issues that the Titans are having. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So again, well drawn, and there's some funny moments here for Kyle, but it's not. I wouldn't say you know with with that little piece of information there, I wouldn't say that it's something that uh, you know you necessarily need to read this unless you want to be a completionist like myself. I like to find any of his appearances, but the long and the short of it is they take. Simon up to the Dark Stars, and he's imprisoned, and then Kyle returns to Earth. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So let's... So then we go to Green Lantern number 58. Yes, indeed. (laughs) I can tell by your voice that you're interested, Adam. Oh, look, I... I I love this... um, this issue, because it, it really... You know what's nice is that you can have, you know, we start off with setting the table and, and kind of introducing Kyle, and then and he, we, he gets his first couple of adventures. You know, the death of Alex happens, all that jazz. Then he goes off and has a couple of, you know, universe, in one case, universe-ending adventure, and then a space-faring adventure, you know, a real sci-fi adventure. And then he comes back down to Earth, and the, big, the one of the big problems he has is, got to unpack my apartment. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love the, the you know, the, the small scale stuff and the big scale stuff and how it all like intermixes. Yeah. It, so, yeah. it adds so much variety to the character of Kyle because he is, you know, it is, I, it, at least with the Earth Green Lanterns, they are, they are a dual. It is a dual situation where they are human, so you have to deal with that side of the equation. But then there's also the space faring material. And then when they get involved with Justice League stuff, it's usually crisis level you know, shenanigans. So I, I just love the variety that you get with a Green Lantern character. And this is, a, this is an example of that. Well, and again, we come back to Earth here, and uh, this one is actually written by Ron Mars, 
And the art's done by Cully Hamner and Fred Haynes. Even though it says Daryl Banks on the cover, and uh, I actually asked okay. Daryl. Did he draw the cover? Or maybe? Well, I'm not sure. It, it doesn't know. It doesn't look like it's Daryl on the cover here. So I, I wondered exactly, exactly He's, like, you know, maybe he was taken off at the last minute or something like that, but he wasn't able to get back to me before we recorded here. Okay, so, okay. All right, yeah. cool. So, interestingly, we're back in New York, and we see a man in an alley, and all of a sudden there's a monster who bursts forth from this building, and it's yeah. a story called Conjuring. And... Mm. The monster kind of menaces this man at first, but he sniffs him and he runs away. And we see him run out of the alley and he grabs this man who's out walking his dog and drags him away. Now back at Kyle's apartment, he's he's waiting for somebody and we see that that's Donna. Donna has come to his apartment to help him unpack. And... Uh, <laughs> I got to say, I really like uh, these exchanges here. You see in Kyle's, first of all, Kyle's apartment is just loaded with boxes. It says living room books, um, bedroom books, uh, bedroom, um, and just a studio. And all of these boxes are all over the place. And she's there to help Kyle unpack. And one of the most interesting images is she goes and she changes. And she comes back and she's in her civilian clothes. And I thought about Adam when I saw this. I'm like, because, man, is she beautiful here. <laughs> yeah. Well, <You> know, <laughs> first of all, the funny thing with Kyle's box is what I love about it is it seems like he's got a box for every corner of his house. Yeah. And yet they're all so disorganized, as, as Donna will point out, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like this fake, this feigned attempt at, at, at organization. Um, right. <laughs> And then, my God, is, I mean, again, uh, I mean, the audience, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, this is a, a, an audio podcast, so the audience won't see this, but, but I know you'll get a kick out of it, uh, Donnie, and that is that, that is to say that if Donna Troy was a real person, <laughs> I know where this is this, going, <laughs> you know, uh, but also, I can say that because she's portrayed by a real person on Titans in Connor Leslie, and Connor Leslie is definitely on the list. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to say, I mean, you <laughs> you see the the chemistry between the two of them oh, right it's away. So well written, yeah. Oh well, man, well, and and the art too, because you know she gives him the the choice of revealing his secret identity or not. And he does, of course yeah. he can just use his ring because it's an energy costume. And he says, my name's Kyle Rayner. And she leans in and she gives him this alluring smile. And she's like, Donna Troy is pleased to make your acquaintance. And you realize right away, these two are attracted to one another. Well, I was, I was getting ready to turn on the Marvin Gaye, you know, music <laughs> for, back, for background material. Just like, all right, this is leading somewhere. I know where it's going. So let's just, Let's just go there. Let's you know. Uh, well, now let you know. Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit because she is a little <laughs> bit older. You know, she's a little bit older, and and you know, she's somewhat wary of the situation. But I will say this is another one of those Peter Parker parallels because yeah. Kyle, you know, he's a little bit of a loner. He's 
uh, you know, he's a little, he's a little goofy. At, yeah, at but times. he's not. He's not as nerdy as Peter Parker. He's not quite that nerdy, so, but at the, the the same thing with Peter Parker. Peter is still very attractive to the ladies, and Kyle is too. So, right, yeah, uh, and you you see that here, and, and of course that continues later on with oh. the uh, with the the various Ron Mars stories. So, uh, she actually questions Kyle. First of all, she accidentally finds his boxers, and yeah. which embarrasses him. <laughs> And uh, she looks at his music collection, and she says Nine Inch Nails and Green Day. She's like, I've never heard of these. She's like, because I'm old. Again, she's a little bit older than Kyle. She has a very complicated backstory. We don't have time to go into all of it here, but her story has been revised in many ways. And listen, so, nowadays it's cool for an older woman to, to date a younger guy, provided she's not his teacher, because then that, that gets to all criminalities well, and such. Well, yeah, exactly. But... but, 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 but in in a normal situation, nowadays it's totally cool for for an older woman to date, uh, you know, a younger man. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's very interesting to see and that Donna having a, Donna having a child. There's a certain acronym which I won't repeat on the show. That, that, you know, <laughs> so, uh, I digress. But continue. Let us keep it PG now. I know. No, listen, I, you, know, you gotta give me, you gotta, you gotta give me a pat on the back. I managed to put that reference in while keeping PG thirteen. I'm impressed with myself. Uh, excellent, excellent. So, so much yeah. so that I probably go buy myself another action figure as a reward. <laughs> yeah, give yourself a Barry Horowitz pat on the back. The yeah. audience won't be able to see it, but still. Yeah. So. Again, you continue to see the chemistry build between the two of them. Yeah. She and Kyle, they very much like one another. And after she leaves, you actually see Kyle wish her goodbye on the street. And we see Radu, who sees her walking away, and he's like, I like her, Kyle. <laughs> see, I, this, is how, this is how I pictured you and me having a conversation. I really, that's, 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 that's me and Donnie to a team. Yeah, I hope my facial hair is a little bit better than Radu's, but that's, yeah, that's okay. Well, yeah, yeah. well yours is more full. He just has a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So, but now the action picks back up because that monster that had menaced the man in the alley before, yeah. all of a sudden he bursts forth from the alley and he try he drags away Radu. And yeah. Kyle does a quick change into his costume and we see that Radu has been uh, taken into this other dimension that is just full of monsters, lots of different monsters. This is a lot of really cool visuals here. The, the way it was, the way it was um, kind of drawn, it kind of looked like there was, uh, like a crack opened up in the ground. Yeah. You know? so it kind of reminded me of like, remember when like the Undertaker used to come through the mat and like grab people? <laughs> it's kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely. I miss. Can you imagine Undertaker, Jim Ross? So. Can you imagine Jim Ross narrating this panel of art with uh, with Radu being taken a bit, bit old <laughs> to, the, to the depths of you know of, uh, the end of the world? That would have been. Oh, crazy. that would that would be fun. Yeah. 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 Could yeah. The, it, like it would if be this fun. was an audio book, like an audio version of this, and you have Jim Ross doing the commentary, <laughs> I just. <laughs> Or we, we you know you could have uh, the Undertaker's voice like boom out of nowhere, and he's like Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be that fun. Fascinating. Yeah. So Kyle goes again. He uses a bunch of constructs. He's in this 
this uh, other dimension and he's you know there there are a bunch of like teeth on the wall and there's these numerous monsters he creates a mace to fight them off he finds Radu who doesn't know who he is because again at this point they've just met and Kyle is in costume but Kyle is able to rescue Radu and he gets him back outside into the alley where we find the old man and Kyle activates his memory because he's not sure who, the, who this guy is. And we see that this is actually a character whom a lot of us know, and that is Felix Faust. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, drawn very creepily here, too. He is. Now, now, correct if I'm wrong, but Felix Faust is a villain, correct? Yeah, he is. But at this point, it for whatever reason, uh, you know, he has lost his memory here, and he he turns his power on this like rift uh, that's full of the monsters, and he closes that. So he he saves the day here. Yeah. Okay. But we also see that at this point, Kyle doesn't know who he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got to call out in terms of the art um, to. Two pieces of art. One where Kyle creates the motorcycle. Oh, yes. For Radu. And then when he's taking him out back to the street, he's got him in like this flying car. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of reminded me of the Fantastic Car, which I'm like, all right, I, I got to dig this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Like I said, just a lot of great visuals here. And again, if you like monsters, you're definitely going to like this issue. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it kind of reminded me if you've ever seen the uh, the old animated movie or or the old magazines Heavy Metal. Mm. A lot of those kind of yeah weird looking monsters. Uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, I just had good, a, you know a, that's a good lot, call. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun with this issue. And uh, yeah, so Felix Faust he just kind of vanishes from the alley, and Kyle's like, hmm, never heard of him. But of course, we will see Felix again later. So awesome, yeah. And that's pretty much how the issue ends. And that's how the issue ends. So Kyle is back on Earth. He is... Um, we, we see the foundation of this eventual relationship with Donna Troy. And, yeah, just, again, another strong setup. We, we see, you know, kind of a... Kind of Kyle from a panoramic view with him going into the Titans and then coming back to Earth. Yeah. And you see the kind of versatile stories that they're able to tell with this character. So. By the way, you know what's impressive? Um, no, sir, tell me what's impressive. Yeah, if, no, 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 just let me, wait a second. <laughs> Austin Matthews is shot. Yeah, well, that, yes, but that has nothing to do with <laughs> Kyle Rayner. Um, no, it's just, what, what, what impresses me is that we got a bit of history in this issue. I don't know if you if you spotted it. When Donna Troy is looking at the picture of Alex... Kyle remarks that it was a self-portrait with taken with her own camera, with you know the timer. Yeah, yeah. So technically, in terms of DC Comics continuity, Alex took the first selfie. <laughs> good, good one, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. When he said self-portraits, I'm like, that's a selfie. And then I kept reading. exactly. You wouldn't have called it that back then, but yes, you're right. So yeah, yeah there's yeah. the first selfie. So for the kids. There, there it is. The origin of the selfie in the DC universe. Right, <laughs> right, right there. So, 
Yeah, maybe Ron Mars can get royalties for that now. Every time somebody says selfie, he can. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, can you imagine? He'd be rolling. He'd be rolling yeah. in money. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we're going to rate it now. Yes, I'm going to say again, five and five. When it comes to Ron Mars, you know, you're, you're talking about one of the uh, most heralded comic book writers that, that's actually still in the business now. But even back then, you were talking about a you know well honed skill. And a guy who knew exactly where he wanted to take his story. So story five, and I've already talked about all the various monsters that were drawn in this. I liked it very much. So another great entry in the early journey of Kyle Rayner. Yeah, I think the story is, a, the story is an absolute uh, five. Because like I said, the balance of you know doing the mundane task of you know, after all that he experienced, then I need to go home and, well, now i got to unpack. Uh, balancing that with the monsters and, the, and you know, fighting in the, the, the depths of, uh, of this other realm, just that balance is to, uh, to be able to do that and pull it off with such, as you said, seemingly, seemingly effortlessly. That was well done. And setting up that new, that new relationship where the chemistry between Kyle and Donna is evident, but I like that they didn't. I mean, had they had they started making out right then and there, it would have been. I I, I was expecting that because you know the way it was going, I was like, all right, cue up the the, the Marvin Gaye music and let's go. Uh, but I'm glad that it didn't go that route because it makes the relationship progress at a natural pace as opposed to like a typical CW pace, which is, all right, you're hot, I'm hot, let's start making out. You know, so I, I, I appreciated that. So the story on all those fronts gets a five. The art is also a five. I mean, um, as you said, Donna for, for a comic book character is very attractive. Uh, and um, also... The construct of the bike, the, the monsters coupled with the construct of the bike and the, fi the flying car for Radu. Uh, I mean, just great stuff. So, yeah, five, five and five. Yeah, likewise. And, yeah, I was very envious of Kyle when, uh, you know, I first read this back in the 90s. Uh, me too. So. I, was, I was envious <laughs> on the, on the But, yeah, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> again, we should point out again Donna Troy. She had been married before, in, yeah. in this particular itineration of the character. Again, she's undergone a lot of different backgrounds. Well, her husband but, must be some kind of lo loser. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, you know, she had been married before, so she was a little bit older. So it wasn't going to be, you know, uh, some kind of a purely physical well, thing. Yeah, Obviously, maybe she she's was in her, what, maybe in her early thirties. I'll put her. Uh, I would say so. I don't exactly know if we, if we ever learn and and a particular age. So let's say early to mid thirties. How about that? Yeah, something, I, yeah, something say, like that. Go for it, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, the, nobody can see this, but I'm giving a thumbs up at the screen. Um, but no, uh, just great stuff, and uh, it was good to catch up. And uh, um, and Kyle was a gentleman. I will say that too. You know, I would yeah, expect yeah. nothing, nothing less from my favorite DC character. He and was it was a cool because you know you, you gave her the coat, and that was like you know. All that kind of stuff. That was cool. I, I, I dug it. I, it, it, felt, it felt like it's progressing very, 
very earnestly and very very realistically. So, yeah. Yeah. and well, I can't I can't wait for the next episode. We get to talk about it's an issue called Green Christmas. It's very creative. Features a villain that I like a lot. And I actually talked to Ron Mars about this story at a con one time. So, okay, cool. Yeah. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll get back at it uh, uh, very soon. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of stuff coming your way. Uh, but we we certainly hope you uh, you enjoyed this episode. And in the meantime, Donnie, if they want to talk to you about Green Lantern before, you know, specifically Kyle Rayner or any Green Lantern, um, before we get to the next episode of Emerald Echo, where can they do that on social media? If you would like to find me, you can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast, where I post endlessly about Green Lantern, and I do Green Lantern product reviews and other comic book-related reviews on Twitter as well as YouTube. And you can find me on social media at Adam underscore Leesfan, or if for the purposes of just the show and the podcast network Twitter, it's at MMN. PDC on Twitter. Also, we have a Facebook page, uh, the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network. Go there, um, request permission to join the group. I will add you, and we can continue the conversation there as well. Um, I've got the perfect end of this show, and I'm not talking about your bit, but I've got to tell you this here. We talked earlier about you know why didn't Daryl draw issue number 58 he finally gets back to me he oh, says okay. i was supposed to do issue number 58 but i was running late again lol okay. well, <laughs> I, I absolutely love this guy you've got to check out his work and just check well, him out because he's so much fun he's great he's great uh thanks for that uh, that uh breaking news uh daryl uh we've, we've passed it on yeah. We look forward to having you back at some point in the near future on the show. Most definitely, yes. But again, uh, until next, until we meet again and, and shine our emerald light on the podcasting world, I want to remind you that Kyle Rayner, the Green Lantern, actually, check that. Uh, uh, Donna Troy, Troy and Green and Kyle Rayner. Troyner, I don't know if that's a thing, if that's the, the way you. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's it, but Troyner <laughs> forever. From the first unboxed bit of clothing to the last. So long, everybody. So long, everyone. all the lanterns who have ever worn the ring, there was one whose light shined brightest. At first, his humanity was thought to be a weakness, and yet it proved to be his greatest strength.
submit to me willingly, Jordan. And together we will bring forth a golden age unlike any ever seen before. You mean an age of servitude? Where every individual is just an extension of your mind? No thanks. And I won't let you use the core against the rest of the universe. What's the matter? I just learned the thing this morning. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's life beware my power. <laughs>